Welcome to the Sean Matthews Podcast. Joe, how you doing today? Very well, Sean. How are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty well, man. Uh, the lyrics for today, I have finally seen the light, and I have finally realized what you mean. Uh, that's a song called Madness by the band Muse from their album, The Second Law, and that album was released in 2012. Uh, I actually just saw that band last Sunday in Philadelphia, not this this past Sunday, the Sunday before that. Um, they were amazing live. Muse was sick. I've been waiting to see them for years. Um, they're on my bucket list. You never know when a band's going to break up or what the hell is going to happen. I mean, Panic at the Disco, I love that band too. They just broke up. Um, Brendan announced they're breaking up. So, but I saw, I actually saw Panic at the Disco um, recently too, but that was like in the fall. But my point is, you never know when the band's going to break up. You know, you get a chance to see your band, go see them, enjoy the show. Uh, this is life advice right there. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Joe, what do you think about those lyrics, man? Uh, I think the lyrics themselves can be uh, can be applied to uh, numerous things. Um, you know, I, I flipped on the uh, the video and got a little piece of the song. It's a pretty cool song. It's an interesting video. Um, but it, I guess in, in a quick take for me, it was just about a tumultuous, a tumultuous relationship that uh, that uh, he eventually or he or she, they both eventually saw the light and realized that it was just the crazy times and all the pressure keeping them together. And, and, um, you know, it seemed to me like they were both ready to make a move to, to end the madness, so to speak. I don't know. That's yeah, what I, I got out of it. As like, um, uh, cause another lyrics are, you know, I have finally seen the end. I'm not expecting you to care that I have finally seen the light. And I have finally realized I need your love. I need your love. So, um, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes it takes too long for you to realize how important a person is to you or important a thing is to you, um, in life. Uh, and then you realize suddenly, you know what I mean? It's like, you finally see that light and, but, but sometimes when you do see that light, when you realize what someone means to you, um, they're not, they can't match that energy. Um, they can't, they can't be there when you need them. Um, so it kind of drives you a little bit mad thinking about it. Because the beginning yeah. of the song, I can't get these memories out of my mind. And the madness starts to evolve. You know what I mean? It's like, this song is a really mellow, chill song. It's not a song that's going to get you super hyped. Um, but it is a sick song. They played it live. I loved it live. Um, so, yeah, that's the lyrics today. Madness by Muse. Uh, by the way, they're they're an English rock band. So they're from England. Um, Joe, didn't uh, – didn't, uh, Final Four just uh, surprise you at all, man? We'll talk. We have to talk about that first because I, I got bumbled there for a second because, um, you know, I want to open up with some other stuff. But the Final Four really, we have to we have to address this really really quickly here. I mean, Florida Atlantic is in the Final Four, dude. Yeah, yeah, they're surprising everyone and um, well, everybody. I mean, the Aztecs. I mean, I think the only the one one that's not a surprise is UConn. And they're dusting everybody off by about 15 to 20 points. And I guess that's why they're favorite and probably justifiably so. Yeah. The thing um, about UConn, man, like in November, I texted my friend. I said UConn national champs. And it was early, but um, I saw them on TV just dominating one of these games. I was like, dude, they're pretty good. But then like the Big East is really tough and they had a tough schedule. Um, but they – uh, the schedule was tough. They, you know, they had they had like a six game losing streak, but now they're just straight out dominant. They are dominant right now. 
I think they're I think they're really going to beat Miami. Uh, the crazy part about it is, you know, the other team that's going to be in the final is going to be like a friggin', um, you know, just like a an eight or nine seed, pretty much. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a different. It's certainly a different final four. My heart was kind of with Gonzaga because I think they had a pretty good squad a couple years running. Uh, but that's what the tournament is, you know. Um, I'll say this. I'll say UConn, UConn is, is the favorite, justifiably so, but watch that Miami team and the way they can shoot. I'm a little bit – Miami is kind of a weird team to me because they have this new thing in basketball, uh, national um, – name, no, name, image, and likeness, NIL. Um, and Miami has this rich guy, Ruiz. And basically schools, they have these donors. They're allowed to basically just pay the pay players direct. They set up a fund. They pay the players. You know, They pay the players. They sponsor them, that type of thing. This guy Ruiz spent like millions of dollars to get like three transfers in there. And I'm kind of scared for college basketball because there used to be a rule. If you want to transfer, you got to sit out a year. Now you don't have to sit out a year. So you can literally just buy players from other schools and you can just like contact them and get them to your school. And like, it's almost turning into the pros and Miami's like, it's tough to root for a team like that. Like it was, you know, I'm a big Villanova fan and we, we take pride you know, we took pride because things are going to change now because we have to adapt to the NIL. we got to get more transfers in because we don't have a lot of guys coming up next year. But I took pride in having our four-year guys, the guys that graduate, learning to know those guys and watch them play and get, you know, for all four years or at least for a couple of years, right? Yeah. And then Miami just like, you know, they just pay like free guys to come to the school and say, hey, let's let's go, let's go do it. And I think like I want the college players to be paid, but – um, I don't want them to be like hired guns and just like go from hired mercenaries and guns, just go from school for school to school. And like, it's, it's, it, there's other still things positive about it. Like you could turn a bad team around in one year. Like you can go from being horrible and the next year you could be great. But Miami is just like, I don't know a lot about their Ruizes, but um, you know, they have a lot of money. So these schools are like a lot of money. Um, and then the, the, you know, the entice, enticing them to go to South beach in Miami Um you know, they're, they've been an okay program. They're more known for football, right? Like Michael Irvin and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. know, right? but they, uh, I don't know. It was impressive how they came back, you know, last game. I thought Texas had that game, but we'll talk more about this during sports, but I wanted to, I just wanted to like, kind of get you thinking about this, Joe. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. You know, Villanova's national title in 85 was probably the biggest upside ever, but if Florida Atlantic wins this year, um, that might, you know, that might outweigh what Villanova did in 85 because, you know, a lot of Florida Atlantic guys are like unsung guys. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a good Final Four, I think. Um, anybody who made a bet on any of those teams to make the Final Four, if they bet all four, because I was listening to the Dan Patrick show and he said, uh, well, one of the one of the guys on the staff, this, they call him the Danettes. This right. guy, his wife doesn't know a lot about basketball, so he claims and she just randomly did the bracket and she chose the exact final four that we have here. And she only did it because she lived in California. She lived in San Diego. So she chose San Diego. She lived in Florida. So she chose uh, Miami. She chose Florida Atlantic and she lives in Connecticut now. And she went, she got all four teams, right. And um, it's crazy because like, it's, it's all like luck and chance in this stuff. And she just did that just based on those feelings and intuitions and just like, Hey, let's all have fun with this. But less than like 0.001% of the brackets had all four all four of those teams making it. 
And somebody said, like, if you would have bet a hundred bucks on all those four teams to make it, you could have won nine million dollars. <laughs> yeah, but that's a, that's a big if. I want to tell you something though. Um, I look at this thing really, and I look at it, and although UConn is 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 the favorite, I, I could see any one of these teams. And I'm going to tell you, there's something about those Aztecs that's a little bit it's a little bit different. I, I, you know, they beat Alabama. You know, they beat the number one team, the ranked yeah. number one team in the country. They beat them. Uh, so yeah, um, they're, good. they're pretty good. Man. They're pretty good, and I like that center. He's really good. He'll he'll slap people's stuff away nice and clean. All the I mean, he's really good in there. They've got length. They got some size. Uh, I I I could see them messing around and winning the whole thing. So yeah, see what I, I, I I really I mean I think UConn's the favorite. Yeah, I've watched a lot of but, UConn this year. I mean, they, we played them. Villanova played them twice, and um, if Hawk they get they have a lot of talent, but if Hawkins is having a bad game. Um, really anything could happen. You know, Miami relies on, you know, certain players and they have a nice mix actually, but this guy, Isaiah Wong, what I was talking about the NIL, he threatened to leave school before the season if he didn't get enough money and they, they met his demands. So that's what, you know, it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. The college players are making demands and threats to leave to get paid more. Like yeah. it should, it should occur naturally, right? It should occur like, okay, like I'm going to get paid. You know, I don't have to go to the pros early. I can stay in college and get my degree while still making money. I think there has to be a nice balance. It shouldn't be like, okay, I'm just going to jump to this school and they, they, they recruit me, they pay me like $2 million, this and that. But I digress. This is something that's been on my mind. The Final Four is going to be exciting for sure. Um, so, And yeah. it is, Sean. But you know, I just, the only thing I want to bring with it is, is how many times have you seen, you say, okay, you got four teams left. This team clearly, this team is clear. All they have to do is continue to do what they've been doing and not make mistakes and – you know, so to me, if I'm on UConn right now, I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling the heat because it's like everyone expects us to like, you know, yeah. we're here. We're the best, they're quote, unquote, the best team left. We should get this thing done. There's a lot of pressure. Now, if things don't start to go their way, things can happen. I, I think that, that especially in a tournament like this, I I, I don't know. I, like I said, I understand why UConn's favorite. They're, they're, they're smoking people. But let one little thing go wrong, and I think that the, and we've seen this time after time after time. So I'm just uh, uh, just I don't I don't think Florida Atlantic is, I think that's a long it's, that's really a Cinderella. The thing about them, any one of these other middle teams, the San Diego or Florida, I you know I, yeah, I, I'm like I like the Aztecs, but go ahead, go ahead. Florida Atlantic, my friend told me this, and this changed my opinion on them a couple games ago. He told me they're the number one three point shooting team in the country. Florida Atlantic. And I was like, okay, let me think about this. Let me think about this. Cause they, they, you know, on the way to the final four, wasn't like an easy road. Um, they had a, they had a couple tough games there. Uh, I believe they're playing. Who are they playing? Let me see this. I think they had formidable opponents all the way through that Florida. Yeah, Atlantic. But like there was one game where they were like losing and then they, they stormed back. And I think it was cause they're hitting threes, but I digress. We're not, we're not break it down. Maybe more in sports later today, but um, yeah. yeah, just want to talk about some stuff that's been going on, but yeah, I just had my second half of my root canal today. Um, so I'm glad I got that over with, but then, you know, I went to see Bruce Springsteen in Washington, DC, uh, yesterday, last night, I decided to go, you know, on the last second yesterday, I was like, you know what, you know, I'm going to go see Bruce in DC. A ticket popped up for a reasonable price. I went, um, but I did a review for, for Rofo. Soda pop, blue raspberry soda pop. They sell it at Royal Farms, the stores on the, you know, there are a lot of them um, on the way to like DC and they're all, you know, 
they're usually off the, the highways or whatever. But um, I did the review and coincidentally enough, like 10 minutes later, I'm eating a turkey wrap while I'm driving and I'm eating a turkey wrap and um, my, I feel like my tooth cracked. I'm like, holy shit, like what, what just happened? My tooth cracked. So I spit the food into a napkin and you know, I tried to go through it later to figure out what the hell was going on. Then I was feeling around my tongue and I, the person who did my, the endodontist who did my root canal today said like a piece of the crown like fell off. And I'm like, how did that happen? I was eating a turkey wrap. Like what? It wasn't like the soda couldn't have been like drinking acid, right? Like, you know, you drink something next thing you know, your tooth, your filling falls out or your tooth falls out. It's like, I don't know. And I brush my teeth religiously. Um, so it was something that like, I don't know. It's it's on my mind. It's annoying because I just, I just, I just finished the root canal today and I got, I got the crown, but now I have to have this thing checked out. So I got to figure out Joe, if, if a dentist gave you a, a crown and like crowns are really expensive, would you like opt to go back to that dentist to say, Hey, you know, this, this is like defective. Can you guys fix this? Or would you like, what would you do? Like if they tried to charge you again, what would your mindset be? Yeah. And I, you said something to me about this before and I, I missed the part about something breaking off and falling off. Um, Cause sometimes when you get work done, dental work done, it feels strange for a day or two and then it feels normal, but this breaking off thing, I didn't, I didn't really catch that. Um, that's a concern. And that's something that I would go back to him and say, look, I, I felt something break off here. And I want you to take another look at it because it doesn't feel right. And maybe you need to take another x-ray or whatever, because I'll be honest with you, Sean, I don't know if this is a dentist that you see, if this is a dentist that you've been used to and have been working with for a long, long period of time, it shouldn't even be an issue. Oh yeah, no, get in here, get in. My brother one time, um, we had our family dentist and he had some work done on a Friday and that next day he had problems and he called in. And the doc said, please get in here today. I don't want you to wait till Monday. I want you in here today. I want to see you. So, um, yeah, I would, I would bring it up all your concerns to this guy. And especially if he's new to you, because there are, there, there's some dentists out there that aren't that good. No, this guy, this guy, this guy was like a family dentist. He was, he was very okay. good. Um, okay. perfect, obviously, but I think it's, I don't know how long, like I, I have to have him look up the records. And if they have the records, it's like, okay, this was done like a decade ago. And if he says some BS, like, oh, we did it a decade ago, you know, you're, you know, it's out of our hands. And you actually, I'm like, dude, I paid like, you know, the crowns cost like a lot of money. Crowns could cost like the porcelain crowns. They can cost like close to $2,000. They're ridiculously expensive. Yeah. A lot of health insurance doesn't cover it. So it's really um, annoying, but I digress. Uh, Bruce Springsteen was amazing. Uh, this time, you know, in DC, I sat quote unquote in the nosebleeds, but you know, truth be told, they weren't really nosebleeds because they were side stage, um, like pretty much right, you know, right in front of the pit. Um, uh, but obviously like in the 400 section way up there, but there was no one behind me. Cause apparently when you sit up too high in the nosebleeds, you know, I guess at sports games, a lot of people stand up. So you have to, you can't lean forward because that blocks someone's view. So you got to sit back. This is the strat. I was reading all about the strategies. I haven't really sat in the nosebleeds in a long, long time, but I had a great time. Um, you know, everyone around it, we we're, you know, we we're all giving each other high fives and like, these are strangers. We didn't know each other when the night started. Bruce is playing. We're like, you know, people are drinking and stuff. And I, you know, I wasn't really drinking because obviously I was driving home, but um, the guy in front of me was getting pretty blitzed. He had like seven beer cans next to his seat. He was with this girl. And the guy next to me with with the girl, he's having a good time, but they were letting loose, man. They were just like giving me high fives and we're just enjoying Bruce. The guy next to me actually never saw Bruce before, but he's seen Billy Joel. Um, And he was, he looked like he was very impressed. 
So Bruce Springsteen, 73 years old, still operating at a godlike level, putting on a great show, continues to play Thunder Road. He played Thunder Road at Penn State. He played Thunder Road in D.C. I'm seeing at, I'm seeing him at Prudential Center in a couple of weeks. I'm hoping because it's the last show in New Jersey before he goes to, to Europe. I'm hoping he does that because he's from New Jersey, right? It's like, I hope he, he does something so special at that show. Like he just, he plays like two songs that he hasn't played all tour because he hasn't played Jungle Land. No. He, hasn't, he hasn't played The River. Um the river so, you can keep, but Jungle Land is like when you say Bruce, my mind goes right there. What's your it opinion? Of, what's, what's your opinion of tun- Tunnel of Love? Tunnel of Love? Have you ever heard that? A song called Tunnel of Love? I can't even remember that. It's from like 1987, but I was asking my mom today because my parents aren't really Bruce fans. They they think he's too liberal, um, and because he started getting real political, and like these buddies are Obama, and they're like, oh, his ticket prices are too high and stuff, like. They're they're totally buying the propaganda. It's BS. He's a great guy. During the show, he didn't talk politics at all. But I asked my mom, like, what song she likes. Um, and she was basically saying, she's like, um, I think I like Pink Cadillac and Tunnel of Love. And I was cracking up. I'm like, non, really non-hardcore Bruce fans like these yeah. kind of like cookie cutter songs. Like Tunnel of Love is a really good song. But Pink Cadillac, what do you think about that one? Uh, it, it, it Like you said, it was just one of these, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's It's just a song that he did that was that was probably played on the radio a skillion times a week and i was like okay but it's not hardcore it's not you know it's not uh i yeah i don't think he's played i i, I don't know if you know what it is sean well, I'm, I'm, I'm a stones freak and people okay. say oh yeah I, I like the one song um uh, i can't get no um uh, a satisfaction yeah that's good cool. yeah they I know mean, like one song on. and like they judge I mean, co- yeah i'm sorry to interrupt you but go ahead that's yeah um <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say anyway. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I don't want to you know ramble here. But Bruce is amazing. I recommend to anybody out there. Um, what I what I also say about concerts is like the set lists are available online. There's literally a website with all set lists on it from like shows going back years and years. If you go to a concert and you only know like he played 27 songs, if you only know five out of 27 songs, like that's that's you're spending hundreds of dollars on tickets. I mean, come on, like. Listen to the song, do your homework, you know, listen to the music before do some, you know, you'll get into it. Listen to each song like three times. And once you go to that concert, you can sing along with every song and be really into it. You know, there might be songs you just straight up don't like, but when you hear it for the first time at a concert, like at least for me, it's like, yeah, like, you know, how could you really get into that? Cause the thing that was annoying me, the section next to me, our section was all standing up for the most part, but the section next to me was full of like, a lot of because Bruce fans is a lot of older people, but they were like sitting down the whole time until his, his encore. He plays seven songs during the encore, but it, like, I'm, I was look, you know, I like to study the crowd. We get look, I like to you know see what's going on with the energy and look all around and stuff, especially people near me, even afar. I try to see if they're dancing, standing up, but um, they didn't know. Like they were just like they look like they were sleeping during some of the songs, and I, I'm I'm dancing my heart out, and I'm just vibing, and I'm singing, and I'm like, holy crap! I mean, these people like I know I'm not. It's nothing. I don't think it has to do anything with being old. Maybe it's a generational thing, but also it's like, do they know these songs? Like, how much money did they spend on these tickets, man? Like, come on, do some homework. Well, if I ever do, if I if I ever do that, I'm going to be spending tickets to see the man in person, and like, wow, this is a bucket list thing because this is this is Bruce Springsteen, brah. And if he does 25 songs, and if 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 maybe uh, 16 of them I know, and the rest I don't know, I'm, I don't care. I need a little break. I need a little break anyway to chill. You know what I mean? So 
16 is different than than friggin', you know, going in with like five or some people like you I said, can't they'll, imagine they'll, like dollars. They spent thousands of dollars in the stones. Um, and then they'll be like, you know, when are they gonna play? I can't get no satisfaction, and you know, that type of thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's 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 one of the you know, I, I'm sure that if I, I'm not gonna start taking a prerequisite course and all this kind of stuff. Listen, there are gonna be some songs that he plays if I ever go see him. There are gonna be some songs that he plays that are there's brand new to me. It's like, okay, that's cool. I need a chance to like run to the bathroom anyway or go relax a little bit. I don't want to be up and dancing the whole time. I'm not 25 anymore. And as a matter of fact, I mean, I would I would probably surmise that two-thirds of what he does will be familiar and one-third will be unfamiliar and i'm prepared for that and i'm more than happy with it and it'd be a chance just to check out oh this is his new stuff okay that's cool let me just slow down here and just let's just dig and just, maybe i'll like it maybe i won't but i'm not going to try to force feed myself to like the damn thing or to sing along yeah. with something no, it's not it's not about so, that but like it's, it's a like- difference of opinion that's all yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean. But it kills the energy. Like, like last night, like I was having a great time, but every time I looked to my right and saw some people in that section sitting down, I was like, it literally like drained some of my energy. I'm like, wow, I got I'm just not going to look at those people anymore. This well, they're is- probably and they're probably thinking they may be looking over your section, thinking these people. What are they doing? What are they doing? Speed over here? Won't they chill the hell <laughs> out for a couple of minutes? You know? <laughs> Everything's relative. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's just one of those things. So yeah. to each his own. Go to the concert. Have a good time. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, so I saw two movies. They'll do a quick movie reviews here. Um, today I saw a movie called A Good Person with Morgan Freeman and Florence Pugh. Uh, I will admit I kind of have a crush on Florence Pugh. Uh, I didn't know a ton about her, but she did a really good job in this movie. I mean, she plays like a – she basically plays a a, a girl who's um, – she's engaged um, and she's driving her fiancé's sister and husband in the car – she looks at her phone for a second and crashes the car and kills them. And then every, the whole family that her fiance like hates her now, because even though she wasn't drunk, um, I don't want to give details about the movie. This is all in the preview pretty much, but she has real, she goes into real depression um, because she killed her boyfriend's, um, you know, sister. Oh, is this and, the decent person? Good person thing? Good person, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to um, see that. Go ahead. And you know, and then she, all this other stuff happens. You watch her kind of depressed, kind of get addicted to some things. And I'm not going to give it all away, but I thought it was a good movie. I think it's directed, written, directed, or at least directed by Zach Braff, who was in Scrubs. I used to love that show. Um, I give it a 6.8. I think it was a good movie. And I think it was well made and everything. I don't know if there's much, like I always say, there's more that they could have done. I don't know if there's much more that they, they could have done with this particular story. Like there was, there was not a lot of people in the, today is Tuesday, you know. But there was not a lot of people in the theater, and that just gives you a feel for what, how the box office. Uh, I didn't. Even, I got to check the box office, but I'm I'm pretty sure this one came in probably not even top five. But six point eight, um, solid, heartwarming movie, Joe. I think it's a movie you'll really like for sure. But um, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, being I've seen the previews. It looks good. Yeah, my scores are like kind of like you know, um, I don't want to you know, I don't know. getting into the sevens is kind of tough. Getting into the eights is really tough. I use a Dave Portnoy pizza scale. So it's like, you know, I have a set high standards, but I saw John Wick four with Keanu Reeves and that movie got like amazing reviews and um, it's an action movie. And I'm not, I love action movies, but they're not my favorite. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's the movies and the, 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 the way he, the, the killings in that movie, the way they're killing people and they're fighting and the way the guys are dying and all this, they have really creative kills and the villains are kind of cool. Um, it got like almost, it got like a, it has a ridiculously high rating on IMDb. Last time I checked, it was like an 8.5, but 
Um, I want to be conservative with my score just because it's from my perspective and how I feel about it and the genre. Uh, I'm going seven six. Um, entertaining as hell, but um, you know, it's just, I'm just not feeling it as much as like most other people might be. You know, John people live for the John Wick franchise, man. I can't understand it for the life. Listen, I like stories about life, about real stuff, even if it's about joking around in comedy or if it's serious stuff or whatever. Um, but I just I, I can't get into these things where it's such horseshit that a guy does three somersaults and kicks another guy across the room and then <laughs> his car blows up and then he's running out of the building just in time and he does the he dives out the front door just as the building's b- blowing. It's like get with you for Christ's sake, get out of here with this <laughs> stupid horseshit all the time. I can't I can't take it. And it's just I, I just I just can't it's I can't do it and I don't see the entertainment value you in it uh i've seen about i i i guess maybe when these movies started in the in the 80s i i could go for it a little bit and after a while it was just like what are we what are we doing here this is it's just so far-fetched so ridiculous did you like like the diehard franchise with bruce willis you know I liked the first couple and who can ever forget that yippee Kaye, you know, <laughs> I, but after a while even that got kind of like yeah yeah and bruce willis prayers to him he's about, uh, battling he's battling dementia yeah. right now but um it, it's even him it just got a little ridiculous man what about like terminator terminator and rambo how do you feel about those you know terminator and I, it's funny you said it because just a couple months ago i went back and i said let me mess around and watch the original terminator again <laughs> you know that you know i'm a friend of sarah connor's i was told she was here i you mean when we, when we worked together at one point, um, uh, or I met, you know, when I, when I first started yeah. stuff, we met through, you know, yeah. um, it was funny. You didn't, you have a quote from the Terminator, like you see, something about a six, a can, six can short of a six pack or something like that. Or oh, yeah, yeah. Now, he was in the very beginning. He's walking, he's got no clothes on. Cause he just got dropped out of a vacuum or whatever it was the, you know, the, 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 I forget what they called it, the defense grid or whatever the hell it was. He got, he just plopped right in the middle of a parking lot of asphalt parking lot at night, bare naked. And he's walking up on these, these, these jerk offs, these three or four kids with the spiked hair and this and that. And he walks up to them and he says, and they're laughing at him going, yo, man, this dude's a little bit off and this and that. And he goes, he goes, your clothes, give them to me now. And the one guy looks at him and goes, yo, man, this dude's, this dude's a couple cans short of a six pack. <laughs> it was just yeah. funny. So he grabs a kid by the neck and just takes his, rips his shirt off and just throws him. The other guy's taking his pants, throws his pants down, and they take off. And it was just a funny, it was a funny scene. Yeah. So you, a, I interrupted you during the Terminator. What were you saying? You're basically saying like you watched the OG one recently. The, and- yeah. And that, see, but, but it was creative, Sean. It was like the futuristic and, 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 and I, cause I wanted to, I remember watching it when it first came out. It's like, wow, can you imagine this like way in the future? And now like we are, you know, way past, but you know, and then looking back to 1984 or whatever it was, was that I just wanted to get a perspective and I wanted to see that film in its purity and it was really good and it was creative. It was, it, it really was, it was, it, now it was science fiction and it, it, I saw the next couple, whatever I can go with that. And I can go with Rambo because all, albeit, yeah, he's, it's exaggerated a little bit, but the idea that notion 
of them having a guy that's really, you know, proficient at this kind of a thing. And yeah. he got into all kinds of, you know, it, it starts to get too much MacGyver bullshit in it, you know, but. You remember the beginning yeah. of the movie? Like, didn't they, didn't the beginning of the movie, didn't they, like, they told him to leave town, like, get, get out of here, leave town, like that type. Do you remember that? Like, there's like a small town um, and then they chase him through the woods and stuff. You know, I re- I can't remember Rambo other than them having some problems with a, with a foreign enemy uh, or some people trapped, like still in Vietnam or something like that. And the one guy says, I only know one guy that will do this, John Rambo. <laughs> so they call him up and, and he comes in and he gets his assignment and he goes about his business through the jungle and he uses yeah, a lot of the skills that he, that he acquired during wartime to, to help. And, and that I can see it's it, even that's a little bit, and I'm not afraid to stretch my imagination a little, but when you've got 110 pound women flying across the room doing, you know, uh, you know, sophisticated judo and, and, and kicking a kicking a guy when you got a 110 pound woman that kicks four guys asses that are standing around i mean there's just no way it's going to happen brah this yeah. stuff like that and especially keanu reeves is a badass I no mean, dude, dude he he's a great person in real life um but he's also a fantastic actor and like i'm telling you, bro one thing i'll say like you know you like terminate you like the, you, you don't like the ridiculous things that happen like some of the fight scenes are crazy obviously yeah well, I'll say, man, I think you would actually check out the first John Wick, man. I think, uh, I think you actually might mess around and like that movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to get me to get, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Man. No, I'm telling you, man, it's actually like, it, like I gave it like 7.6 is high for me. And like, I only gave it that low of a score compared to everyone else because it's like the genre is, it's not like my favorite. And like, I'm kind of like partial to the eighties action movies. Like we just discussed those other movies. So yeah, that's that. But I think, you know, I think you could get into Rambo. I'm not Rambo, John Wick for sure. But anyway, do you still play Wordle, the game Wordle, the word game, five letters? Yeah, and yesterday, man, that was that was not a... That one was, I got that, but I, I complained on Twitter. I'm like, because I looked up after I got the word, I, I, I just got it by guessing. I was just messing around putting in letters and stuff, and I saw the word. I'm like, what is this word? Uh, so I, I tweeted at the New York Times. I'm like, you know, you guys got to do better than this because nobody know. I said less than one percent of the population knows what that word meant. That word was absurd. Yeah, that that was. It well, was you want to hear something crazy, dude? When I first started playing, like within like my first thirty times playing, mm-hmm. I got it in one try. I I got the word light, L I G H T. Just popped into my head. I typed the first thing that I thought. I got it light. Last week, dude, I did it again. Um, I the word was grout, G R O U T. I got it in one I try. Remember I that. Like, chances of that i got it two times i got it in one try it was insane like you know i type the same first word in all the time and i do it for strategy reasons so i don't know if i, yeah, it'll, I do a different one dude I it'll do different never one give well, it's the same one every time but it'll never give it it'll never give me the first chance because they know that a lot of people type in that same word up top as a, as a way to eliminate a lot of vowels yeah. and stuff so I, i'm not worried about that but it is i must like mention one i i uh i i always use a different word i just go off what i'm feeling i go off my intuition and what just what just pops in my mind dude like mm-hmm. the fact that i got it twice kind of gives me a weird like a weird kind of feeling i'm like wait how is it possible that i got this like what are the odds of getting it once but then what are the odds of getting it twice it's like it kind of freaked me out a little bit i'm like man if i get this three times man i'm gonna have to really start thinking about being a psychic or something like that <laughs> no 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 then you're gonna go to your playlist and get all worked up don't worry about it come on <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah. So, dude, how how about how about uh Saturday? What was it Saturday night, man? Where I was looking at Bruce tickets, and you know, I almost got. I was on Reddit, and like, I want to avoid the StubHub because StubHub charges you. I'll give you an example. The ticket's four hundred. You're gonna pay five fifteen. You're paying one fifteen more. They're taking a large percentage, right? Plus, they're taking it from the seller. Um, so like, say that it's, it, it, someone buys it for four hundred, or they well, it's five fifteen with fees. How much is the seller getting? So I think it's a little ridiculous with all the fees. Um, so I went on Reddit and I went on the Bruce Springsteen Reddit thread and I was like, Hey, I'm looking for a solo. I'm looking for seats. I'm like, anybody got any deals? I just don't want to you know, pay the fees. I'm looking for a good deal, that type of thing. And of course the scammers come out of the woodwork. And next thing you know, some guys tell me like he, he only accepts Venmo because then I looked it up. Venmo basically, um, you know, if you, if you send someone money and you know, there's no way, and they don't send you the tickets. They just disappear forever and you can't, you can't get it back from Venmo. There's no buyer, there's no buyer protection. So PayPal has buyer protection for goods and services. So, you know, I was talking to you on the phone. I'm like, dude, like, what the hell should I do, man? What what do I do here? Like, you know, should I, should I, should I send this guy like some money and just trust him? Like, I wasn't going to do that, obviously, but you heard the questions I was asking him, how thorough I was being. Um, There's a lot of scammers. And, you know, if someone tells you, know, I tried to do it. I'm like, can you dox yourself? Can you send me a photo of you? Can you send me a video of you with the ticket? You know, they're saying like, this is the ticket. This is the row. I promise to send the ticket. They wouldn't do any of that. And then another guy said he would take PayPal because PayPal protects you. If you click goods and services, PayPal will get your money back. But this other guy was like, oh, don't click goods and services because I sold the tickets to a festival and it's $790 and you know, the buyer had goods and services and the buyer complained to PayPal and they literally just took the money out of my account. So I'm thinking like, what's this guy yeah. talking about? Because then I asked him, like, if you really care, because yeah. tickets he was talking about, they were like $1,200 seats and he was talking about only, you know, only like $250 per seat. I'm like, what, what's going on here? He's like, and they all, they have all the answers. They're like, oh, well, you know, I don't like, I don't like to sell the scalpers. You know, I don't, you know, it's all scalpers and this type of thing. I'm like, what is, so oh, this they're good. they have, they have their, their- yeah, they have their preset, pre you know, pre-recorded um, messages, like you know, responses for your for your for your objections. They have those; it's automatic, and that's why they're good. You know, that's hence the story about the seven hundred fifty. You know, exactly. The bottom line is he was trying to dissuade you from using PayPal. That's exactly. the bottom line. Exactly. So I mean, it's almost like you know. So I turn the tables on him a little bit. I start messing around. Like the one guy was like, "All right, so what is what I need you to do?" I need you to record a video with a paper with today's date. I need you to say your name. I need you to say where you get, like all these details and stuff. And the guy just ghosted me. Like he he got so spooked when I started asking all his demands about (laughs) the proof he had the tickets before I said the money. Um, Anyway, yo, Joe, have you been paying attention to the Gwyneth Paltrow case at all? A little bit. I know as much as that uh, she had somewhat of a collision with a guy on a ski slope and uh, he's suing her because he says he has injuries that happened as a result of that. And somehow she didn't bother to help him up or offer to help him up. I think he's in it for the quick buck. And I think she's like not going to settle. Like a lot of times these celebrities will just settle out of court, like get away from me. And I think she's had I'm enough. Happy. I'm proud of her though. I'll say this. Yeah. I'm proud of her because, because she could afford to just pay him off. Right. Once you're a celebrity, you start to be targeted. People manipulate situations. They try to look for scenarios where they can sue you. Yeah. So this Joker probably saw Gwyneth. He probably realized, oh my god, I just crashed into Gwyneth Paltrow. Light clicks on. I think I, the, he didn't sue her for a couple of years, to my understanding. But he probably like that was Gwyneth Paltrow. He probably starts thinking about it. He's like, you know what? I'm going to mess around and sue her. Get her to pay me off real quick. Now it's in court. But then there's other people saying that he, he's happy. He's famous now. And uh, 
I don't know what's going on. Howard Stern show is funny. Like they were talking about um, like how the, how uh, his lawyer is like, like kissing up to Gwyneth Paltrow. Like she's trying to be her friend. And she's like starstruck. And then other people have different views. Like they say that she's, she's like doing that strategically. She's trying to like, she's trying to just like, you know, get Gwyneth com- comfortable to get her to like, you know, mess up and that type of thing. But um, I'm, I might just, you know, I haven't, you know, I've been working and stuff. I haven't been able to watch the trial. Like some people are following it religiously, um, but it just sounds like a quick cash grab. It sounds like a guy knows one of the rich and famous. Cause apparently if you're going down the slope, it's your job to stop. That's the rule. And he was going down the slope. And Gwyneth Paltrow was like, she wasn't going down. She was the one that got hit. So I don't know how this guy has a case, but again, I haven't done all my research, but what I'm saying, it sounds like a cash grab. The guy sounds like, apparently his kids don't like him and stuff. You know, one wouldn't even take the stand for him. Um, So it's something smells fishy about this. Yeah, and and quite frankly, honestly, it looks like a money grab try by this guy. Now, Gwyneth Paltrow, she's got a line of products, and she sells a, a bunch of whor- over, well, overpriced horse shit. So uh, if she loses money, too, I'm not going to cry over that either, because yeah. I'm not crazy about her either, to be honest with you. Well, but go ahead. I said something smells um, fishy, but I caught myself, because Gwyneth Paltrow released a candle a couple of years ago that's supposed to smell like her vagina. So I'll just leave that right there and just, you know, would you want a candle that smells like a vagina in your house? No, sir. Okay. <laughs> Not unless that vagina was like a vanilla almond or something like that. <laughs> no, bro. Sorry. So, yeah, that's uh, I don't, I don't know what to say about that, but yeah, um, it's, you know, you had something to say about a, a holiday, man. There's a holiday going on right now. What well, is it? The, yeah. Well, and the thing of it is, it's you and I did a couple of months ago, 90 days or whenever the heck it was. We did Christmas. We we covered Christmas. We covered Hanukkah. Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. Yep. We covered Kwanzaa. We covered a lot. Of, we covered everything. But we said that uh, we're going to write for Ramadan until the time is right, till it is Ramadan, because Ramadan in, in the Islam religion is just like any other religion and should be recognized as such because we are uh, – uh, we we talk the talk, so we're going to walk the walk. We we're equal to everybody, and so forth and so on. So um, we do respect you and I respect all religions and holidays. And I'm going to tell you something: there is there isn't a religion, Sean, that at some time or another uh, hasn't had a blemish from extremists within. Ninety eight percent of the people in every religion are pretty damn good, but it only takes a couple of percent, a couple of extremists to to give you problems. And and not only in this religion, Islam, but certainly if you look back through history, brah, I'm telling you, I'm just being real with you. Go back and look crusades. We got a bunch of things that any any religion is is it there is no religion that's impervious to um you know scrutiny for things that have gone wrong that being said the islam religion like christianity like judaism all good stuff okay so and we condemn you and i both condemn any extremist behavior i just wanted to get that out of the way okay so what is ramadan ramadan i was always wondered what what does it celebrate it celebrates it is it is according to them it's the month that god revealed the quran to the prophet Muhammad through the angel Gabriel. And we know angel Gabriel through, you know, telling Mary that, hey, you're about to have a baby. You know, you know Gabriel is, uh, Gabriel's a very um, active fella in, 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 in lore and so forth. So yeah. it's the month that God revealed the Quran to the prophet Muhammad through 
and the angel Gabriel. Its actual starting date varies every year because they like to begin it on the slender moon or the crescent moon, and that can vary. So it's there's some astrological things that, that dictate when it starts. So it, it, it may start one year on March 3rd. It may start on March 3rd, whatever it is, okay? It lasts for a full month. And what they do to celebrate this on their on they their fast, way through right? this they fast? they fast yeah adults fast if physically capable every day during this month and then what it means is now children and elderly are exempt for obvious reasons right and and the sickly they're, they're exempt from fasting for obvious reasons but if you're physically capable you fast and you're allowed a pre-sunrise meal right before dawn and a post-sunset meal nothing in between right the at the last day of Ramadan, and it's it's spelled E I D dash A L dash F I T R, Eid Al Fatir, I think is the way it's pronounced. Well, it's the last day of Ramadan, and it means the feast of breaking the fast. And they have a big the families get together and they have big feasts, much like we do what on Easter Sunday after not necessarily fasting, but after Lent. Right. To celebrates the end and we celebrate the, you know, of course, we celebrate the resurrection and so forth. But there, there, it's, it's, it's a parallel there. So at the end of Ramadan, the last day after a month of fasting and all that stuff, they have Eid al-Fatir, which is a lot like um, Easter is to us and celebrate. Let's all go crazy. Let's have fun. OK, so there are a lot of similarities. And I just wanted to um, look a little further into that. And there's there are five pillars of islam okay daily prayer got no problem with that declaration of faith at some point you have to de- declaration of faith you know i go to church and and there isn't a man a part of the mass is the apostles creed we believe in one god the god, god almighty father and the creator of heaven and earth right we say that every time during mass so any declaration of faith the daily prayer declaration of faith which i don't know exactly what theirs is then there's pilgrimage to mecca one time during your life you should get to mecca we don't have anything like that but it would be tantamount to um if we were required to you know at one one time of our life get to bethlehem or something like that fasting especially during ramadan okay and we just talked about that the last thing donating money or time to charity helping the needy hey you know hallelujah amen that's something i can get down with donating money or time to charity helping the needy and that is uh ramadan in a nutshell and helping the needy moves me right into my next thing that i wanted to uh to bring about and this won't take long i quickly talk about before we end ramadan real quick and i just say something that i thought pretty cool when i read it um when the month of ramadan starts the gates of heaven are open and the mm-hmm. gates of hell are closed and the devils mm-hmm. are chained. Yeah. So that's pretty powerful, you know, statement right there. Yeah. And I, I, that's, that is true. And there are other things I could have added on. I was just trying to yeah, do more. Right. Of a, you know, you're you, right. You, 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 it's you good. Both of the work for the Ramadan. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to get that in. Cause that, that's a powerful type of thing. You think about that. It's like, yeah. what? the gates of heaven are open. Gates of hell are closed. Devils are chained um it this makes, is what they believe right this is their yeah. belief it has, right. has all the buzzwords right it has it's got ramadan it's got heaven it's got hell it's got devils it's got cha- you know what i mean it's, it just draws you in you're like whoa what, what what's going yeah, on 
And when I look at those things, Sean, when I look at the five pillars, I look at the Ramadan in and of itself. I don't hear anything that's ominous. Uh, daily prayer, right? That's and, why and, and, you know, they, when they started, like, you know, some of the Muslims started killing the name of, like, Muhammad. I'm like, what? Like, did this guy want people? Like, I don't know a lot about the Prophet Muhammad. Uh, and I'm certainly not going to diss him because I don't, you know, I just don't know a lot about, you know, Muhammad or the religion. But I didn't know something was wrong when they started killing the name of Muhammad. I'm like, they're killing the name of Muhammad? What's going on here? But yeah, all I mean, religions, the all religions through history, people have killed in the name of, like, this Thank thing, you. thing that sickens me is like during the, there's like, you know, there's a lot of crusades and stuff, but like killing in the name of Jesus, you know, just to use a Jesus name in, in terms of war. Like, I don't think Jesus ever wanted any war, dude. No. No, he didn't. I'm sure that uh, the, I don't know Muhammad. I'm sure that he was pr- probably a pretty, um, you know, if these. Yo, Joe, I think you're on mute, buddy. To Mecca fasting went up. Went yeah, applicable. Joe, you, just, just, you disappeared for a second. You were on mute for a second. What were you saying? Oh, um, when I and, and I'm sure I don't I mean, I don't know Muhammad, but I'm sure the guy was probably a, a reasonably compassionate individual. And he probably when I look at the five pillars, I don't see anything that's 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 mean or threatening. You know, the daily prayer, declaration of faith, pilgrimage to Mecca, fasting and donating to charity and helping the needy. That's all good stuff, bro. I, I, yeah. I see nothing there that's that's okay. really you know. You so, want to talk about something else? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, in in helping the needy. Um, you, you know, unless I'm sure everyone's had the TV on at one time or another in the last couple of days, and we've had something really nasty ripping through uh, Mississippi. We had a tornado ripping through Mississippi, and just as I um, asked people to do a month ago. Uh, for our friends in Turkey and our friends overseas, we've got domestic problems now, too, of the same ilk. We had uh, – and just imagine, just imagine you're here – you're laying in bed and you're comfortable and you're cozy and all of a sudden you hear a, what sounds like a, a, a locomotive. It's coming bearing down on your house and you're like, what is going on? And you feel everything shaking. Next thing you know, the walls are caving in and you're on the floor and you're wondering if you're going to live through this thing. And it lasts about three minutes, but you walk outside and your bathtub is on your neighbor's front lawn and everything your your all your all your papers all your pictures all your family stuff is 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 blowing in the wind and you look back at your house and there's nothing but 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 rubble you get my point and you wonder where the hell am i even going to sleep tonight it's over you look at the news and these poor people are going through hell so i'm just asking everybody for our brothers and sisters here on our homeland in mississippi if you can make a small donation if everyone pitches in, and I'm, so all I'm asking is this donation's ten bucks, and we can all pretty much afford ten bucks. It's two less cups of coffee a week at Wawa, maybe, or something like that. But if you can text, you can do. You can do it with your phone. You can do it with your phone. Uh, text the word Red Cross, one word, Red Cross, to the number. Before you, before you, can I can I guess it? Because we've said it so many times in the show. Yes. Is it nine zero nine nine nine? Thank you, sir. And I'm oh, glad. Oh, <laughs> That's it. Text the word Red Cross. All, all kidding aside, though, if you text the word Red Cross, one word, to 90999. This helps people who are victims of natural disasters. It just it just does. It yeah. goes right to there. And uh, I just wanted to do that. It seemed like a nice nice place to put that right after uh, donating time and money and helping the needy. So we're done with that. I'm glad to be uh, quickly. Like we have to mention this. We're flowing right now. I was going to wait for another part of the show, maybe the current event part, but let's quickly just touch on and put thoughts and prayers out for the Nashville uh, shooting victims. Um, Tragedy sick to my stomach. When I heard it, 
six people died, three were kids. Uh, the the suspect and the villain in the story, uh, which is sadly real life, uh, was a 28 year old disturbed um, trans person who just had a lot of issues and was able to get guns legally um, despite being mentally ill and having emotional disturb disturbances. Um, apparently, they found you know diagrams of the school and. Uh, I don't know what she, I don't know her, what her pronoun is he or she but this person was going to go to the mall and shoot people at the mall too possibly I mean um, it's just a sad tragic story so my thoughts and prayers are out to those people. Me too and I mean a couple of things I want to say I don't know whether or not the, the the fact that she was a trans or not a trans whatever I don't know if that's that, that's, it, that's, it, that's irrelevant but I want to recognize right. we, yeah, we, you're on right. show, we on this show do recognize trans people. Yeah. Exactly. I'm glad you said it's it, it's probably irrelevant. That has you know, but it, we do have to recognize that. So that's fine too. It could have been a straight woman. It could have been anybody. But anyway, um, Sean, little kids, little kids are you know that's different. It's a different ball game. So um, that's disturbing, man. Like Matt, what what? Even if you're like so severely emotionally disturbed, like what? Unless they you know, hopefully they find out why why she chose children. But it's like. I think she went to the school and everything, but it's like, you know, I, I don't know. It's like to, to target like these poor little children. It's like, what is going on in society where, because usually it's like some angry student goes in and like wants revenge or just like some disturbed student, but this is like an adult going into a school. It's like, what is, yeah. this is weird. And she killed, I think three or four adults too. Yeah. I think there were six, my... six, six died. I think three were adults. Yeah. But how, do, how, how, I, I just, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to even fathom. But let me just say this, and I'm not going to go down the typical route of, you know, gun control, gun laws, and and, and all that stuff. Look, it, here's the thing, and and I've been back and forth with, forth with this. I'm not going to blame any political party. I'm not going to do it. You know why, Sean? Because I've seen this. I've seen this for. Listen, I cannot fathom being in fourth grade in 1974. I was in fourth grade. I cannot fathom. My teacher, my parents, anybody sitting down with me and saying, listen, this is what we have to do. Because sometimes there might be, we hope there isn't, but there, there might be a bad person going through the school with a gun. It was never, it was, it was, it was, it was unconscionable, right? It was never even, a, it, never. So I can't, I, I can't imagine what it's like today. But let me just say this about gun control. Even if, okay, because, because the left wants, hey, we want, we want, we want, uh, we want more checkpoints and so forth. We want more safety background checks and we have background checks, checks, so forth and so on. Which, in and of itself, at its face, is a good idea. And and the right doesn't want it because okay, they're, they're they've got money with the, with the NRA, NRA and National Rifle Association, so forth and so on. And that's fine too. But it, it, my thing is this: if tomorrow morning, Sean, the conservative right. If they were to come out and say, okay, you know what, left, we give in. You guys, you got it. You got it. Write the law the way you want it and so forth and so on. And the left could write these laws just exactly the way they want them with background checks and all this stuff. I know realistically it's probably not going to make a damn bit, a a very big bit of difference because these people who contemplate doing these heinous things, if you think by making something that used to be legal and now making it illegal or making a, a, a teaspoon or two more, more difficult to acquire a gun. If you think that's going to stop them, you're silly. 
So in other words, you can have all your safeguards and all your background checks and all that stuff. If this person, for example, that did this deed, I don't know how they acquired the gun, nor do I care because it doesn't make a difference. If they went through the background checks and they got turned away, you know where they're going to go? They're going to go to the black market and they're going to get a gun and they're going to sit through the same goddamn thing. So my point is it's, 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 it's this stuff, unfortunately, forget the political parties. And like I said, if, if, if the conservative right were to acquiesce tomorrow morning and say, go ahead and you guys on the left, write the law, it's not going to make a damn bit of difference because if I'm going to do something as heinous as murdering and murdering kids, do you think I'm going to worry about whether or not I'm acquiring an, a weapon legally or illegally? Or you think it's going to stop me? You don't think I'm going to go find some, someone on the illegal black market and find, go find a freaking gun? I'm going to go get a gun. Yeah, don't, don't you think, to play a little devil's advocate here, don't you think, um, just making it a little bit tougher to acquire that gun might give them more time to think about their decision. It's a nice thought, Sean. And if I thought that the answer to that was yes, I'd agree with you, but I don't. I, you know how, you know how the, if someone's head is in those places and I, I can't even imagine, but if someone's head is in that place where they think this is what they want to do, they're just going to do it, and they, they don't give a rat's ass whether it's legal, whether it's illegal, whether there's a background check. No, we didn't know what they're going to, they'll do. They'll go find someone on the black market, and the people in the black market are saying, go ahead. We could use the extra money. We'll start selling these. We'll get more for them and so forth and so on. So I don't think – I think it's – I just think it's something that – and I'm going to say this. I never thought I'd say it, but with this issue – I've come to accept, unfortunately, I wish I were wrong. I've come to accept that this is going to be part of our culture from henceforth because every time this happens, everyone stands around and lights candles and talks about this has got to stop. Now, this is it. Now, this is going to let me tell you something. After Sandy Hook, after Sandy Hook, if that didn't stop anything, Nothing's going to stop this shit. So it's part of our culture that guess what? It's like car accidents kill people every year. Lightning kills people every year. Slipping and falling on the ice kills people every year. And these these nightmare gun incidents are going to kill people every year because every time it happens, people stand around and light candles and talk a lot of shit about what they're going to do and what they should do and what's got to stop. And then I'll tell you what, give this six weeks. Yeah. Give this six weeks. Oh, how faint indeed are the footprints we leave in the sands of time. And the wheel will keep going and going and going. And it's a cycle. And I've come to realize I see a, when I see a cycle, I see it. And this is where we are. And we'll be talking about this 10 years from now when someone does the same damn thing and all the ones in between. And from henceforth, I think, unfortunately, this is just a vulgar part of our culture that's never, ever going to change and i hope i'm wrong so i'm not getting worked up about it anymore well said sir thank you um okay all right so uh let's move on to our actor of the week uh what do you have my heart breaks for everybody involved though let me just put that out there go ahead uh actor of the week woody harrelson born july 23rd 1961 um born in texas i believe uh spent his first 12 years there and then he moved to lebanon ohio 
Um, his mother was a secretary. His father was a convicted hitman, dude. His father was a convicted hitman. Think about that, man. That's funny because he played that in a movie. Like, you know, the, the um, what movie did I tell you I watched with your boy, um, the Irishman, um, um, six psychopath or something like seven psychopaths oh, or something. Yeah, yeah. He played a hitman in that movie, but go ahead. He was in that. I had no idea. Woody Harrelson. Yeah, he played know. a hitman. Oh. Because I'm looking at my list of movies that I got here. Um, did I forget to put Seven Psychopaths on my list? I don't How know. did you do that, man? He was definitely in Seven Psychopaths. I, I saw that so long ago, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Woody Harrelson, part of Seven Psychopaths. We just found that out. Uh, all right. So his dad was a hitman. Uh, he got his degree in theater arts and English from Hanover College. And apparently he was friends with Vice President Mike Pence while in college. Um, his first break was. Oh, I don't role- like him now. See, he's too conservative. I don't like him. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, just, is college. this is college coast. I still like him. What the hell? You can't be doing that association thing. Come on. Go ahead. Yeah, but I just, you know, I know. I digress. Uh, first break was his role as Woody on Cheers. And you were, you know, you were alive during the 80s, bro. You probably remember him as Woody oh, on Cheers. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and his first breakout film role was 1991 for Doc Hollywood. Um, so he was on Cheers. And he won a primetime Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. So he had some pretty good pe- – he was building his pedigree early on. Like he was he was slowly building his resume and his reputation in Hollywood. He was, he was ascending – he ascended to A-list. I think he's A-list for sure. But he ascended pretty early on. With, you know, he had some – he had a good role, perfect roles for him. Um, you know, the, I could – I didn't even watch Tears, but I could picture him as, a, you know, as a bartender for sure. Um it's kind of funny. His name was Woody. His name is Woody Harrelson. His name is Woody on Cheers, too. That's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. It's just a fun fact. He voiced his Cheers character, Woody, on a 1994 episode of The Simpsons, also on a 1999 episode of Frasier. Um, he appeared on Curb Your Enthusiasm in 2021 as himself, one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, so when he first started, basically, he moved to Houston with his friend to save money. And he told his friend that if he got accepted into Juilliard, he would move there with him and get and and his friend got accepted. So he moved to New York. Um, his car got towed when he first got to New York City. Uh, him and his friend went to try to steal back because they couldn't afford to pay the fee. Um, but then security called them and they had to pay 75 bucks. So I love this is one of the most fun parts about studying these actors is I, I watch their interviews and I wait for little insights. I wait for little stories. And I hope when I share them on the show, I hope it's valuable or insightful in some way, because it kind of gives you a peek into who Woody Harrelson is. He's kind of like a loose, he's a little bit of a loose cannon in certain ways. I mean, his dad was a hitman, you know, obviously something genetics is going on. He's a little bit wild, you know, he wanted to just go back and steal the car back. That takes some balls. But um, he said he went, there's another thing that takes, you know, that leads to my conclusion about him being kind of a loose cannon. I mean, he went through about 17 jobs in New York City, couldn't hold a job. He bartended but couldn't handle the pressure of resetting menu to customers as a server. Um, he ended up being a cook and got into a fight with the manager's husband. And he said, no, you can take this job and keep it. And she told him he can't quit. Then later, she attacked him with a door and Arnold Schwarzenegger stepped in. True story. Um, <laughs> then the cops came and he lost his money and left New York, New York that day. <laughs> so, uh, he's been nominated for three Academy Awards. He just hosted SNL recently. I love Woody Harrelson. I think the, the dude is the man. Like I... He's cool as hell. Probably fun to hang out with. He just seems he, he smokes a lot of pot. You know what I mean? He's chill. Yeah. Uh, let's go over my you know the movies that he's been in. You know, he's in, remember that movie Wildcats, dude, nineteen eighty six. Wow, I can't remember. Oh, was, was Goldie Horn? Was Goldie Horn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. 
Yeah, he was in Doc Hollywood. What, what about White Man Can't Jump, man? Oh, yeah, because Rosie Perez was in that. I'll never... I'm a big Rosie <laughs> Perez. I'm a love. I love Rosie Perez. But yeah, I remember that 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 very well. Yeah, um, he was. It looks like he was in three episodes of Saturday Night Live in '89 to '92. I didn't know this. I don't know if he was a cast member. What was going on? He was trying out. I don't know, but he was in three episodes those three years. I, I don't think he obviously wasn't. I don't think I could say this for matter of factly. I don't think he. Uh, maybe he hosted. Did you remember him? I don't know if you watched it back in the day, but do you remember Harrison hosting back in the '80s? I don't know. I, I don't remember if he says he did. I believe him, but I don't ever remember. And Woody, Woody Harrelson's a guy that's like he's a cool dude. He's all right to me, but it's yeah. not like I don't have as much resume, enthusiasm as you do. But it's okay. Yeah. Let me just go over his resume, and then you can then you can talk some crap about Woody. And I'm not talking any crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's passive aggressive, sir. Um, he was a natural born killers in '94. Go ahead, mess around King. and do that. <laughs> um, Kingpin, the People versus Larry Flint. Remember that. You there, bro? Um, but let me just get to my top five, right? Number one, Kingpin from 1996. One of the funniest movies I've ever seen, um, you know, about a bowler. And he kind of plays, he, he finds this like prodigy Amish bowler and he tries to like, you know, be his like mentor and stuff. And it's pretty damn funny, man. Did you see Kingpin? Joe, I think you're on mute again. I'm sorry. I was, I accidentally bumped, don't bump the thing. Are you, you, we good now? Yeah. Okay. I do remember that. Um, no, no one can forget that scene where he wakes up. He was drunk, and he wakes up the next morning, and he, he's looking at oh my God. and he's throwing up because <laughs> he, he hooked up with that lady because he had, he couldn't afford rent. It was oh my God, that scene. And he's throwing up every he, time he, he looks he at heavy, her. He was a heavy smoker and stuff, and you should see. You know this this is not this oh. wasn't a pleasant looking woman, and he you know it, it was like dude, what are you like? But he's an ex alcoholic in the movie um it's like one of those things man yeah and and yeah there were a couple of scenes in that no, movie thing, doesn't he have actually pretty movie? freaking vulgar but it was funny he's got a rubber hand and like at one point he's bowling and the rubber hand gets stuck in the ball or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's my number one i thought that movie like i could watch it it's like that movie's like dumb and dumber to me i could just put that up billy madison dumb and dumber happy gilmore you know, I could just old school wedding crashers. I can throw those movies on and just crack up. I love those movies. Yeah. Um, number two, True Detective, an HBO show. Excellent HBO show. The first season was probably the best. Um, yes. He was yes. in that. He was excellent in that. Was uh, he with Mahon- Matthew Mahonicky or whatever his name is? Yeah, McConaughey. Yep. Yeah, okay. that's the only. Se- that's the only uh, True Detectives that I saw because I watched started to watch the next season. I'm like, ah, this bites as opposed to the first one. Yeah, Even the first one, it was good, yeah. but it was dark, dude. It was dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then my third is a movie I actually just saw a couple weeks ago called Champions. Um, Joe, I think you'll actually love this movie. Uh, he plays a, a kind of a, a tournament oh, basketball yeah, yeah. coach. The basketball coach gets a DUI, and then his community service is to go teach uh, people with intellectual disabilities, like yeah. Down syndrome and whatnot. Yeah. And it's just a it's a lovely story, and it's, it's kind of you guy see a guy go, going from being kind of an asshole to uh, kind of like a a better guy, you know, a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, the people, the, the actors in that, the, the, the actors with down syndrome and they're really, you know, they're really funny and um, they're lovely in that movie, you know? Yeah. And as long so, as they didn't, and I'm sure they didn't, as long as they didn't um, 
uh, make it funny at their expense. No, no, they, and I'm, they, and I'm sure so they did you, not. I'm sure you, they did not. This was well done because yeah. it's kind of like we. It's, they did a lot. Of, they did some things at their expense. It's called the Ringer with Johnny Knoxville. Um, he actually infiltrates the Special Olympics and pretends like he's, you know, he's handicapped, mentally handicapped. And that's a little bit on the borderline. I don't know if they could make that today in this day and age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, Champions is really well done and good, good. taste. Uh, White Man Can't Jump is number four. Uh, <laughs> and what I got for number five, actually, I'm surprised I chose this. I actually, if he, if he, was he really in Seven Psychopaths? Let me look this up real quick, dude. Oh, I just watched it a month ago, man. Yeah, but you know. Because I had never seen it. So I wanted to check it out. I'm like, damn, this is, I watched it for, for, um, yeah, he was, he plays a guy named Charlie in it. I don't, I, it was one of those movies. I think I was like, I was probably on my phone or half paying attention. It's from 2012. So I don't, I don't remember that clearly, but, um, damn. I mean, that, that's all I remember about that movie was it was pretty good, but Christopher Walken was in it. Sam Rockwell was in it. Colin Farrell was in it. So two, we've already done Sam Rockwell. We've already done Colin Farrell. Um, yes, so yes. now we're doing Woody. So that just shows you that that cast is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but that I was gonna choose that as number five, but you know it's last second. So I went with War for the Planet of the Apes. I'm a big Planet of the Apes franchise fan. I love those movies, Planet of the Apes. And he was in one in 2017 called War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, wait, did, did you have to see this, Joe? The CGI and the way they made the, the apes look and everything, and the, how they're fighting and using guns and talking. You know what I'm gonna have to do? I'm gonna have to mess around and go back and watch the original because I've never seen yeah, any dude, of them. I, I did that. I did it a couple of years ago. I watched. I watched like pretty much all the Planet of the Apes that exist. And I was, I got so into it, dude. Okay. I'm going to have to go back and start from, from like Charlton Heston and work yeah. all the way up. There's, there's even one they made with Mark Wahlberg from like 2000. Like I got it for, I got it. I got that for Christmas on DVD one year. Um, Mark Wahlberg was in it, but the one with Woody Harrelson is not connected to the Wahlberg one. It's just so much, it's way better. It's, it's, it's a lot better, but anyway, That's Woody's, cool. Woody's the man. I love him. And Joe, you know, I think you should just keep your words to yourself. If you have anything to say bad about Woody, sir. Oh no, I I don't have a, a darn thing to say about him bad. I just don't I'm I'm not the quite the like when you asked me do I remember him hosting Saturday Night Live? I wouldn't because I'm not that crazy about, you know, and him but if you were to ask me if Jagger ever, you know, you know, that yeah. kind of a thing or something like that or, you know, whatever. But it, it's so yeah, I mean, I think he's a good dude. He seems like a good dude, fairly funny. Um been around a long time. I think that I don't think he's the best looking dude in the world. I don't think he's that's, a, what, ma- that's what makes him cool as hell. Like he's a, he's an eight. He's one of the, like, a lot of A-listers are like extremely attractive. Yeah. And Woody Harrelson, listen, I, I like women. I like, I love females. Right. So it's not, it's not for me to say, I would have to get a female's perspective. It's not for me to say, but just objectively, like, yeah, Woody's not like a supermodel, but he's your everyday guy. He's a, he's a cool guy. He fit, the thing about him is, he fits into a lot of different roles, probably also because the way he looks and everything, his whole vibe just gives him that, you know, he has that, he's got that, he's got that presence about him that he just, he just could, people could write a script and it's like, oh, let's, 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 right. let's, let's cast Woody. Woody's going to fit in that role. He could be the leading man or he could be like another, like you said, oh. he's psychopaths, like he was a hit, you know, this guy is so versatile. That's what I love about him. Oh yeah, and I'm, I'm, let me let me just be clear. I'm not saying it looks have to be a prerequisite for being a good actor. I, I told you, say this. Paul Giamatti, and there, there are lots of guys that have to make the have to, lots of average looking dudes and below average looking dudes that have to make a living as an actor because they have to represent we, we society. About, let me yeah, finish. Let me, yeah, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I, um, want, I want to get in. I just want my, to say that 
We're not saying the only reason I bring it up, dude. The only reason I bring it up is because I can remember, and this was going, I'm going back 15 years or so, that he was talking with someone in an interview and he said something about, well, you know, well, why would she want him when she can have Woody Harrelson? Like he was making himself out to be, and I'm thinking, like, dude. Dude, you look like a freaking jack-o'-lantern, dude. You're a good actor, but you're not that good. And he's, like, making himself out to be like Brad Pitt. And I'm like, yo, cuz, dude. Was he being sarcastic? No, he was, like, being serious. You know how these cats can get when they get a little success. They're like, well, I'm a big actor. Yeah, just because you're a big actor doesn't mean you're a good-looking dude, cuz. I'm just going, I'm just being real with you. Go look at the, you know, your whole, but that's the way it has to be anyway, because actors have to represent, it's a microcosm of society, right? You can't have all tens walking around New York City. You have to have some threes, fours, sevens. You have to, so, and and the same with actors. Let me just ask you a quick question. I don't think Woody Harrelson's ugly by any means. But no, hey, but he's certainly think, not. Who's better looking, Woody Harrelson? Because we did Paul Giamatti too. Who's better looking, Woody Harrelson or Paul Giamatti? Oh, well, Woody's better looking than Paul. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, is, that, is, <laughs> that, 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 that that's 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 fine. <laughs> you, you know, but I mean, you know, he did, let's. I, mean, I, I forget who they were even comparing him to, but the dude was better looking than he was. But he was just like being real cocky, like well, I'm thinking he, like a lot of. The, and if a lot of these dudes get laid, it's because they're 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 actors that have a lot of money and they're well known. If he, if he were a plumber. It'd be a whole different ball game, wouldn't it? I mean, so had <laughs> Pitt were a plumber, he'd still be getting, you know. Yeah. So that's my point. That's all. Can I, I, I just say this? Can I just I, say this, dude? You are, you are you are in rare form tonight. You are on fire. The way you were talking about the action movies, the way you're, you know, calling. Yeah, out, sometimes you get it up to you no, up to here with all the bullshit. You no, know what I mean? No, but, <laughs> nah, I, but but what I'll say is like I like it, man. You were like you're a little bit loose tonight. You're you know you're flowing. What I'm saying is you're having a good show, sir. Yeah. Oh, thank you, sir. I, and you know, look, I'm human. Sometimes I'm going to be, you know, like anything else. Sometimes I'm going to be a little more quiet. Sometimes I'm going to be a little more lively. I guess I'm just into it tonight, and yeah. it's the right triggers are being, you know. So I mean, a lot of these dudes get in there and they get lucky breaks, and I can't, don't blame. I don't blame them. You know, it's that's the dream life, but. Just because someone is an actor or, or at, look at Mike and Molly. Remember the show Mike and Molly? It, either it, either one of those two people like like really turn you on? No, but they're movie stars. They're actors. Okay, well, what the, you know, it's it, it it doesn't. It's it's not like an equation where successful actor or actress equals hot. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. Okay, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um. So Woody Harrelson. So uh, I think he's a phenomenal actor. I think he's the man. Uh, shout out to Woody. Um, so let's move on to Snapple Fact. The Snapple Fact, Joe, is 185. A male kangaroo is called a boomer. Uh, a female is called the – the Snapple Fact is the boomer one, but I did some more research. The female is called the flyer. You know what a baby kangaroo is called? Uh, let me see. What's a baby kangaroo called? Come gonna, on. We're, not, we're, not, we're not doing on the real. I'm going to look this up. No, I'm just kidding. What, what is a baby kangaroo called? Joey. Oh, really? Word Word up. Word I don't, up, you should, I don't know if you should tell the audience now. Now people are going to start calling you baby kangaroo or something, you know? Call me baby kangaroo, man. <laughs> I hop around a little bit. You don't have to edit that out, bro. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but I, I did some research. Like, I, I tried to find out the origin of why they called the, can- the male kangaroo a boomer, and I, I couldn't find out why. You know what I mean? I'm like, why do they call it a boomer? I'm like, I, I guess it's, it's the name of the male kangaroo, but I digress. Um, let's move on to On the Real, dude. On the Real. Um, you ready, Joe? You ready to be yes, start? Okay. Yep. First story. First headline. Actor finally lands key role 
after 2,317 auditions spanning 25 years. Story number two. Man has license plate recalled after I-L-U-V tits. I love tits is deemed to be too vulgar. The state (laughs) may have removed the license plate. Story number three. A dog steals the show after catching home run ball during spring training game. On the reel? Um, you can hear me, right? Yeah. Okay. On the reel would be the dog catching the ball. You saw that in the news, man. Saw it in the news. I can't, what am I going to do? Because uh, I, I changed it. Did you see the one with the license plate too, though? I no, I did you. not, and I don't think that's too vulgar. Oh, I would have got you because think of I, what I do with the license plate one. I use the same story, but I changed the name of the license plate. The original, the license plate one was. Uh, let me look this up real quick. Hold on, I think it was. I love to f. I love to basically. I love to f. I love to. You know, you could fill in the blank there. I love to. I love to f. Well, so I thought. I thought you would have saw that in the news, so I changed it to I love tits instead. And I guess you saw the dog one, so I guess I kind of ruined the game. Yeah, well, it, it, look, I, I have to admit, I saw I saw the dog one, um, and being a dog lover, it caught my attention. Like, wow, um, dude, I saw a license plate one time that said F A H dash Q U E, Fa Q, and I, I couldn't believe it. It was it was it was it was it was you know I, you know, and it was it was permissible. It wasn't too vulgar. That's why I, when you said this one about the I love tits thing, I, I I said, well, that's not out of line. Now, even the one that you described, um, it depends on how they spelled. You know, if if they left the C out, it was FBI. Uh, but what in what state would they do? Well, maybe Texas or something like that. I guess uh, I don't know. In what state did they deem that to be too? Uh, oh, that wasn't a real story anyway. Well, was it, was. A, it was. Oh yeah, yes, right. You said that you changed it. The real yeah, one was but, right now. Where was that? What at state? The last, at, at the last second, um, it's it, the guy was in Maine. It was wow, for, in L- Maine. It was L U V T O F U. L O V T O. Love to F. Love to F. F U. Love to F U. Oh, but did, did they say F or did they really come out and say the word? No, the, the license plate just says L L U V T O F U. So basically saying Oh wow. I know I get the I get the I get the thing, but that's that's crazy that that was deemed Damn, to dude, I'm I'm kind of mad because well, I don't know because dude, I, I saw I that, saw that, that was my real story. That was my real story that I was gonna stump you, but I'm like Joe probably saw this been all over the news. Then I saw the dog one. But even even though I didn't stump you with the dog one because you saw it in the news, whatever. Um that's a that's a crazy story that the dog caught off a baseball in a baseball game. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I still didn't actually see the catch. I I heard about it and this and that. And then by the time I turned my head, the dog already had the ball in his mouth. So I didn't actually see the catch. I didn't bother. But um, I'm glad the dog didn't get hurt because that ball's coming along. That's not like that's not like lobbing the ball out back. You know, that's a hard ball, and that's coming from you know now. There's deceleration and all that still, but I mean, damn. I mean, I'm telling you, that dog ought to get. He ought to get something special that night. Maybe take him to take him to take him to Wendy's and get him a Baconator or well, something. Wendy's that something else that's kind of funny, dude. I saw a couple months ago. I saw a dog. There's a video of a dog who just carries around it like a. I think it was a 25 or 50 pound dumbbell. This guy's dog. That's that. Instead of and he doesn't like toys. He likes carrying around heavy dumbbells. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> 
Yeah, gotta love dogs. They're awesome. Yeah. They're awesome. Um, all right, quick uh quick Koberger update. Um, I want to hear your opinion on this, Joe. Um, Brian, I didn't even know Brian Koberger had sisters. I thought this guy was just like, you know, I thought he was just like a, the son of friggin', you know, I thought he was in came straight out of the gates of hell and just entered our society. Yeah, hell spawn. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like spawn. You know what I mean? Like yeah. sisters apparently. This this I can't feel bad about. He's got sisters, two sisters, Melissa and Amanda. One was a counselor. One was an actress. They lost their jobs over their relationship with the brother, even though they refused to visit visit him in jail. Oh. They got fired from their job just for being related to this Joker. That to me, to me, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. There is no way. There's no way. That's I mean, because you, you it's you know, it, I don't. I just don't see. I I don't see how that's not a lawsuit waiting to happen. You know. I just, I just don't. Yeah, I mean, the, you, the, one's, the one's a school counselor. It's like the school, because, well, I don't, because she would probably have to deal with a lot of people in school might start like messing with her, be like, oh, you're related to, and they might shun her. But in no means should she lose her job. That's because that, that scares me about society. It's like, okay, so if I'm related to someone that's like really bad, they do something bad, I'm related to them. Therefore, I'm going to have my whole life turned. Like, come on. Yeah. And it's, 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 Look, is it a little uncomfortable? Yeah, that was the sister of such and such or the brother of such and such, but that that in no way suggests that what are they afraid that they're gonna do the same damn you know, I I, I just uh I mean I could sit down with Adolf Hitler's sister and have lunch and have a good talk and she's liable probably I don't know if he ever had any sibling, I don't even know. But I mean, as much as I deplore Adolf Hitler or 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 Ted Bundy or, or any, you know, and any of these, any of these jokers, a sibling is a sibling that could have absolutely probably has absolutely no, you know what I mean? Yeah, Hitler had a, a younger brother and sister and also an older half brother and half sister. Apparently there's a, there's, yeah. a website, there's a website called Hitler's children.com. If you can believe that. Yeah. I mean, you, I, you could sit down, but those people are probably fine. I mean, you know, I, and the matter of fact, it's hard for them. Life is how, how hard is life for I them? Saw a story about that. You got it's me thinking. It's kind of horrible. Yeah, yeah, you got me thinking because I saw a story where like there's people who uh, just are having the last name Hitler, even though they're not related to Hitler. Like they 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 get like their lives are messed with a little bit because people see their last name and like they have to change their name and stuff. Apparently, yeah. It's so, yeah, man. It's 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 sad. It's sad. Absolutely. All right, so we'll do a quick current event today because we went pretty long with because we opened up with more sports. I wanted to, I, I wanted to open up the show with the Final Four and tournament because it's like you know that's such a big event. You know, people I live for March. I love March Madness. So you know, we'll do a quick article here. It's it's very light because we did a lot of heavy topics today. Yeah, man. Um, the the article is from New York Times at Apple rare descent over a new product interactive goggles. Apple is expected to unveil an augmented reality headset in a few months. Some employees wonder if the device makes sense for Apple. Um, so apparently Apple is going to be selling this, these goggles that look like ski goggles that are going to cost $3,000. Um, there's an unproven market because what I remember Google glass got released like in 2013 Google glass just got discontinued. Google glass was like, I think it was like $1,500, not, not cheap at all, but uh, this is like double the price. Is it virtual reality or something? Uh, no, it's it's basically like if, if someone like want like it's like you wear this headset, um, it's for virtual and augmented reality. So if someone's connected to you, connected to you, and like you could be in like you could be in like France, right? Right. Um, and someone could be in New Jersey and they could put on these goggles and they walk around and they could see everything you're seeing. 
and like see information about what you're seeing and like talk to you. Hey, what do you think about that place? Go in that place. Or they have good, they have good food. You know, it's, it's a whole uh, active, a sharing experience, right? Uh, um, it's, it's really just like a lot. There's, there's been a lot of people at Apple apparently like who aren't on board with it, who have really just like, um, you know, who, who, you know, who, who want this thing to, to go forward. They think it's kind of a risk for Apple, but Apple has been ahead of their time. Like the, the, the Apple watch originally, they had the pivot. They made Apple watch into more of a fitness thing. But at first the Apple watch was supposed to do a lot. It was supposed to be used in a lot of different ways, I, I believe. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is some sort of uh there's a reality dial that can increase or decrease real time video from the world around them. So there's a reality dial. Uh, it won't fit over glasses. So the company plans to sell prescription lenses for the displays. Um, the signature app application is called Co-Presence. It's, it's supposed to design to capture the experience of sharing a real or virtual space with someone in another place. Um, also, it can double as a tool for artists, designers, and engineers. It tracks them as they draw freely in space and image, editing applications, hand gestures. Um, so there's a lot of use for it, but I don't know what the market is for $3,000. Like, and how, who's going to walk around wearing this thing? Like, if you're super rich and you go on vacation and like you're, or you're in a long term relationship, I could see some, you know, some specific like niches for this, this device, but, um, I probably wouldn't buy it for 3000 unless I was like loaded. Well, one, the first thing that comes to my mind is they, they, if, the, if it, I would be hesitant to wear something that's so expensive like that, unless they could make them to really make them look like a normal pair of glasses. Well, they did that. They did, Google Glass had something that looked like glasses. And uh, it, what's your fear? It, like if they're too, someone could like steal them easily. So, yeah. Look at this. Look at this joker walking around. He's from Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, and he's but, walking it around like here. The but, iPhone, though. It could be like, you know, it could have the iPhone, the, the Apple watch and the iPad. It could have, um, you know, all the Apple devices have a, a tool to find um, your, your device, your iPhone. That's you know, true. Find my iPhone, find this and that. But still, do you want to go through that? Do you want to, I, I, I don't, you know I don't. crazy, dude. There's a guy um, that I know who got his phone stolen. He tracked his phone, went to the guy's house, called the cops. Good for the cops him. Said, the cops said you, they couldn't do anything. And he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't like confront the guy about the phone or else there'd be a lawsuit or something like that. So he couldn't get his phone back even though he knew where it was and he called the cops oh, in Jersey. I don't know, man. Crazy, crazy stuff. I, um, you know, with all this stuff that's going on, it's like this, um, this new program, this AI program, this yeah, iBot yeah, or whatever. Talk about this chat GPT, man. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I think, you know, I think that technology is like fire. It can be your best friend or if it gets out of control, it can be a hell of a bad enemy. Right. So, of course, it's going to be your best friend. You need fire on your stove to cook, to keep your – if you're out somewhere, you build a fire, you keep your hands warm and this and that. But if a fire gets out of control, God knows, right? So um, technology, it's like at some point this stuff could get so out of control that it's it's detrimental. You know, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I I, I – I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a little scary to think. And first of all, and that's A and B is, is there such a thing as privacy anymore? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there's, there's cameras everywhere. You don't even know, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 listen, I'm all, I'm all about having a lot of surveillance and cameras to, to prevent crime and also capture the bad people. Um, but yeah, technology is getting, I, listen, I'll just put it on record here. I think chat GPT is game changer. We talked about this in the show before. I think it's a great thing. But, you know, it has a mind of its own, it has so much data, and people can use it in nefarious ways. Like, I saw people using it for a lot of things. Like, one thing I'll say about ChatGPT is that um, someone's dog got sick, 
the vet couldn't figure it out. So the person figured out how to, you know, the proper commands to enter into chat GPT with all, you know, what, what look for this, with the dog's sick, this type of thing. And it, it, it diagnosed the dog and it saved the dog's life. The, the vet couldn't even figure it out. So there's stories like that where you're like, whoa, right. there's also yeah. stories where chat GPT has already solved some form of cancer. It has so much data. It, it it's, it's more intelligent than any doctor in the world, obviously. Um, obviously it doesn't have the human intuition and that type of thing, but you know, the X factors that humans have, but um, it's doing a lot of great things, but yeah, you know, I agree. It's, it's, it's kind of dangerous too, at, at certain ways, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's can be really beneficial. Your best friend on one hand, but if using nefariously, you know, on the other hand, it can be really, really um, detrimental. And, and it's just, it's just one of those things, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a little scary. So we just have to yeah. cross our fingers and hope, hope for the best here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not too concerned, but yeah, I can see, uh, I can see some some nefarious things happening. But uh, yeah, that was current events for today. We kept the light. Uh, we opened up with sports about the uh, the tournament. Uh, I want to quickly talk about um, what's going on with the. Uh, uh, we'll talk more. We'll talk more NFL draft as it gets closer to the draft. But uh, I'm hearing that like the Jets might actually try to see if they can get Lamar Jackson instead of getting Rodgers because the Packers want too much for Rodgers. Like, what do you think about that, man? When I think just get Rodgers. Don't overpay, but get Rodgers because you have a Super Bowl window with Rodgers. I don't think Lamar Jackson is ever going to win a Super Bowl, but, you know, I could be proven wrong, man. I... We know what you think about Lamar, but would you – let's just ask you a simple <laughs> question to keep this short. Because everybody, the, the, we all know you don't love Lamar. You I don't the, dislike him. I just don't yeah, I like think the he's, the he's overrated. Right. Yeah, right. but, like, do you think that like, – would you rather – if you were a Jets fan, would you rather have Lamar Jackson for the next, like, eight years – or uh, Aaron Rodgers for like two. If I were a Jets fan, I'd rather I'd rather have Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, for a couple yeah. of years. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and you hear about Ben Simmons, man? The the Nets. He's he's the guy. Is so, <laughs> he's he's so bad. Like the Nets, the Nets don't even need him anymore. I think they deactivated Simmons for the rest of the season, even though they're going to be in the playoffs. They don't even need Simmons anymore. That's that guy know. had the biggest hustle. That you, I mean, for the last five years, he's had the biggest hustle. The money that he has raked in. And he's just stood around in his pretty little outfits and shot during warmups a little bit and had his picture taken and all this stuff, all, all for, you know, to, you know, his, you could take his last four or five years. It doesn't make for a damn thing. And, but he's gotten filthy rich. So unbelievable. I don't care too much for him, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of, uh, I don't know. I heard some, someone told me that like something happened to his sister He's got some emotional distress because like his sister was assaulted or something like that. And like, I'm certainly sorry about mental, that. He's got, yeah. he's got some mental things going on and I, I don't want to judge him completely, but what I'll say, what I've seen over the years is he used to be a very good player, like an all-star type player. And he's in just, college. Yeah. He's off, no, but even in the pros, man, in the pro for the Sixers, he was pretty damn good. Now he's just awful. He's not even playable, dude. They shut him down. Well, he was never he was a good, he, on he never, he was a good defender. And oh, he, great defender. Great defender, but, but he. But what I'm saying, from where he was to where he is now, it's like, oh man. Yeah, yeah. He, he went from a pretty good. Remember, yeah. remember the one postseason where he missed that wide open layup, or he didn't want. He was afraid to take the wide. He was open afraid layup. to take it because he was afraid to wind up on the foul line to be exposed yeah. for the fraud that he is. Exactly. So I don't know. This guy's so talented. It's it's a shame that he can't you know put it together, and he, he's fallen off a lot. You know that that playoffs really kind of ruined his whole. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is a shame for basketball fans, but for him, he's got he's got. So I, the money he has, Sean, unbelievable. I mean, the money he's made, I don't, I don't know. It's got to be, he's got to have, you know, a couple hundred million. 
Yeah. I don't know. Well, I just want to go over the playoff picture in the NBA. My team, the Knicks, are in fifth place, 43 and 33. Your team, the Sixers, are third place, 49 and 26. You guys already clinched the playoff spot. The Knicks haven't yet, but I, I believe the Knicks just have to win like, you know, two more games. This is, it's a formality at this point. The Knicks are going to make the playoffs. Um, I think we're going to be playing the Cavs in the first round. Um, that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, I think you guys are playing the Nets actually. So, um, so that, that's probably, you know, that would have been funny to see Simmons versus Sixers in a whole playoff series. That would have been interesting too. He probably, he probably couldn't have stand it. He would have got heckled so much. He, he probably would have just had a breakdown, but, um, the Western conference, you know, I got the nuggets MVP race, dude. I think, I think Embiid, everyone's talking about Embiid's going to win MVP. I think if he stays healthy, I think Embiid's going to, um, cause Dan Patrick said there's kind of voter fatigue, you know, Jokic probably deserves MVP, but you know, there's voter fatigue. He's won it two times in a row, and it's it's kind of Joel, Joel Embiid's time. It sounds like. Yeah, I think you could take it and give it to Joker. Uh, the tends Joker. You give it to Joker, um, uh, Giannis, or or uh, Joel. I think I think really in either way you should give it to him. And the way I look at it is, look, every year you could give it to any one of those three guys. And in any of the last three or four years, you could give it to any of those three guys. So give it to the guy who you haven't given it to yet. This is really, it's just that simple. Really is. Yeah. All right. So March Madness, let's quickly, because we're not, let's just tell everybody now, we're not doing another show until two weeks from now. So there's no episode next week. The national title game is next Monday night. Um, also have some plans on Tuesday. So no show for two weeks. So I guess right now is the time for, I don't, I don't, you know, I want to think about this more, but if I want to make a prediction for who's going to win the NCAA title, um, I think the final, I can just see the storyline. I can, I mean, uh, I think I'm going to go with UConn wing at all, but I don't know if they're going to be playing San Diego State or Florida Atlantic. Um, San Diego State's favored by two points. Um, man, I think it's going to be UConn versus uh, Florida Atlantic, and I think UConn wins. That's my prediction. I got UConn, UConn against the Aztecs, and guess what? The Aztecs are national champions. Wow. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, they, they're they a five seed, right? They're a pretty decent ball club, you know? Yep. You got me saying ball club now, man. I never used to <laughs> – I used to say, like, team and stuff. Like, you know, I've heard you say ball club. Like, you know, by osmosis, when you're when you're good friends with somebody, you start picking up on little things that they say. <laughs> yeah. Kind of yeah. Funny. yeah. Um, but, yeah, good show today, brother. Uh, show is back in two weeks. All the links for social media are on. Please subscribe, like. Um, it keeps us, it really encourages us from not, we're not telling you to do any reviews by any means. We don't even need the reviews. However, it just, it encourages to have the ratings and keep the momentum going. The numbers up. We're enjoying doing the show. We're not stopping doing the show. Uh, Joe, the, uh, the final word is yours, sir. Buy me some peanuts and cracker, Jack. I don't care if I ever get back. Good night. Take care.